Shana Tova, Cozy Zone friends, Ben Weber here. Can we just take a breath together, please? Oh, my goodness. Thank you. You know, the weather is turning. There's a chill in the air. There's, there's a shift from this summer coziness that we've been exploring to something, you know, more, more familiar. There's a fire, there's pumpkin spice, there's sweaters, there's scarves, there's hats. <laughs> the leaves are changing colors. Oh, oh, you can hear <coughs> me sort of coughing and, uh, and and expectorating maybe all of the inner demons that are surfacing. There's, there is so much going on in this Jewish New Year. Uh, there, there is the beginning of school. There, there is a cosmic shift going on right now, friends. This is going to be my 27th cozy zone. Um, you know, over halfway to my goal of 52 for the year. I think it'll definitely happen. I have all of these figment episodes, uh, in the, in the can, in the hopper. I can't wait to share those with all of you. Thank you for your patience as I, I put them all together. I want to talk about tidying and decluttering and and cleansing my space in order to cleanse my body. Nicolette gave me uh, this book uh, by Marie Kondo, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying, A Simple, Effective Way to Banish Clutter Forever. And I read this book in like three days. There, It was calling to me. I zipped through it, and there. Let me let me summarize it for you, uh, for those of you who are not familiar. Basically, there is this famous Japanese woman named Marie Kondo, Kon Marie. She has a method, and she invites people to take an object, hold it in your hand, and ask yourself, "Does this spark joy? If no, chuck it. If yes, find a home for it, and that is its home. And then you have a, a very um, you know, intimate, sacred, spiritual, heightened relationship with this object. And you're, you have a lot of gratitude for the objects that you throw away. You have gratitude for the objects in your life. Um, my desk looks very different than it did when I first started doing these cozy zones. Um, you know, there's still a lot of stuff on it, but, but there's much less stuff. Um, I managed to get rid of hundreds of greeting cards that I had saved uh, from my 10 years, 10 plus years of living in New York. Um, and I, I thought I, I wanted to save them because I wanted to keep the memories of the people close. I wanted to keep this sense of gratitude close. Um, but, you know, sort of using the Cone Marie method, I, I said thank you to the people who gave me these greeting cards and I, I chucked them. They're gone now. They're they're in the garbage. Uh never to be seen again. However, they have served their purpose. The the love, the generosity, the thoughts are are in my body. They're in my soul. Um and they sustain me. They nourish me. 
Um, and so thank you to all the people who gave me greeting cards. Thanks to my mom, to my dad, to my grandma. Uh, thank you, uh, my aunt and uncle, uh, my aunt Lisa. It's really great, all of the cards that you've sent me through the years. Um, thank you for all of that, for graduation, uh, for the different dwellings I've lived in in New York. It was really interesting, and I would say extremely emotionally raw-ifying to go through all of those cards and to like stare down all of the things that, that had happened and were, were in my life. Um, I'm also uh, beginning this book recommended to me by my friend Elise, Elise called Stuff. Uh, it's called Stuff, Compulsive Hoarding and the Meaning of Things by Randy O'Frost and Gail Steckety. Steckety, that's right. Steckety, who knows? I'm sure I can find the pronunciation somewhere. But this book uh, sort of goes from the light side of, oh, isn't it wonderful to, you know, jauntily get rid of stuff, to what happens when people have an affliction where they cannot get rid of stuff and they amass hordes of stuff and they are hoarders and they uh, cannot live a life that is uh, joyful and they drive people away and they suffer, and they can't live properly. Um, and that's fascinating. And I, I think what's fascinating to me is about how we assign meaning to things and how we externalize our, our notion of self into the objects around us, the, the notion of possessing things and, and what meanings are, are caught up in the things in our lives. All of this you know, makes me think a lot about materialism and capitalism and excess and all of that, you know, makes me think about, well, what the fuck is Cozy Zone all about? But it is finding a, a haven uh, and it is celebrating this, this tenacity that we have as people, this, this way that we all survive this crazy existence with panache and elegance and fabulousness. Uh, I, I've been thinking a lot about that question. What is Cozy Zone? Why why do I do it? Why am I driven to do it? What, what am I looking for? And I, I have some answers, at least I do today. And, you know, for me, all people are experts. You know, traditionally podcasts, you know, uh, find an expert to talk about a particular subject or find someone who is the best in their field to, to speak eloquently about a particular topic. And that is certainly interesting and useful. But for me, there is something inherently beautiful about anybody's existence. Uh, a anybody does something extraordinary. We all do extraordinary things every day. We are all experts at something. And I think that Cozy Zone strives to tease that out. And it also uh, acknowledges that we are creative dreamers. And where do we go to think about our creative endeavors? What would we do if we had unlimited resources to make the art that we want, want to see, to, to change the world uh, as we would like to? I, I'm thinking a lot about Judaism and Rosh Hashanah. I don't have a very active, strong Jewish community here in New York and I think it makes me sad. I, I'm recognizing it makes me sad. But I do have a community nonetheless, that which is, which is exemplified in this podcast experience. Everybody I've asked 
to do it has has resoundingly said yes and the only tricky part is finding the the date and the time uh which is fabulous um so thank you everyone i, I actually just want to take a moment to thank everyone who has been a part of the podcast nicolette thank you tim manley jess levy in philly brought me in uh, to her wonderful place there josh matthews thank you dorna lang Brett Oresco, John Bach, Raina Bonaparte, Shamelia McBean, Janice Acevedo, Sarah Orr, Brisa Munoz, Max Foreman Mully, Foreman Mully, it's a nickname, happy birthday buddy, it was your uh, 30th birthday, uh, Olivia Harris, congratulations, you just got married, thank you for being on the Cozy Zone, Joe Capper, my man from home, my dad, David Weber, Max the boy, Lisa Giordano, Jamie Roach, Zach Wagerscholl, Erica Atkins, Ariana Siegel, Courtney Body, Erica Reinch, and of course this week, thank you, Rami Aletrabi, episode 27. Rami, you are basically like a, a personified cozy zone. Uh, in my experience... I, I met you in grad school, and we made a lot of art together. But really, you were this this caring, generous force um, that held space for me when I needed it most. I was going through a rough breakup. Uh, I, I was seeking who I was. I was in grad school. I was trying to, to be an adult. And we spent a lot of very quality precious cozy time together uh, in which you you I can say no other, other way held space for me to explore all these things and we talk about it on the podcast and we talk about the vibes and I'm so grateful uh, for our episode um, Rami and I went to Katra or Kathra uh, which is a cafe in in uh, in the Ditmas Park area on Cartelli Road, a lovely cafe. We had breakfast. Um, and, you know, Rami, Rami gave me some interesting feedback that I'm not a stranger to, that, you know, these cozy zones are very long. Um, and he doesn't listen to the whole thing. And I have been racking my brain about, you know, maybe someday, maybe someday I'm going to go back and digest them and make them these, like, awesome, like, you know, jaunty, like, pew, you know, sound effects, half hour, like, super produced things. But for me, these are precious art objects. The experience is the art and the length and the the time and the space that we create together is, is part of the experience. And you know what? I, I want to thank all of you for putting in the time for listening to all of, all of this. Um, and I know maybe some of you don't listen to all of it, and that's okay. Um, it's, it's here for you, and, and know that it happened. And it's really meaningful and precious that it happened. Uh, and someday, you know, when this when this gets serial huge, um, we'll have all of these hours of footage and tape um, talking to the people that I love most, the people who matter most to me, the people who have agreed to let me put a microphone in their face and ask them questions and talk about 
creativity and art making with them and talking about coziness, um, here it is. And it, it's here forever on the internet. And what a gift. Uh, that is that is all, friends. Without further ado, uh, well, a bit of ado, you know, follow follow this on Instagram, at Ben Weber Projects, Twitter, at Cozy Zones. Like the Cozy Zone Foundation on Facebook, BenWeberProjects.com. Uh, so now, after that ado, and while, without literally any further ado, I present to you episode 27, Rami Eletrabi at Katra. What, uh, what kind of radio show would you host if you could host one? Um, it would be about Southern California. And like it would be like a mix of say this American life, mm-hmm. but like say this Southern California life, SoCal life, <laughs> this SoCal life, but with with music. So okay. I would it would be like a traditional radio show where it's like music heavy, but I would in I would have the interludes with like sto- human interest stories mm. or my own personality and yeah, and like and a lot of history. Like I love. On this day in California history, you know, the Beach Boys released whatever. And, you know, and this song went, you know, was playing in all the clubs, went straight to number one. And yeah. let's go back to 1965 and stuff like that. So you are <laughs> you are our guide through this Southern California music experience. Yes. Rami Electrabi. Yes. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm hyper local, hyper local. Oh, yeah. I, I love that. I love hyperlocal. Hyper that local. this feels hyperlocal, mm-hmm. right? So we're at Katra right now. We've yes. begun. Have we? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Oh yeah. That was a that was what was it? what do they call that call? What's that called? A um, soft a soft open. A soft open. <laughs> Maybe. Never a soft open with you though, Rami. Oh no, hard. No, hard open. We go hard in SoCal. Oh yeah. Um Oops. I Oops. I'm going to just start this off because you know, we're trying something new. We're trying a shorter Cozy Zone. Uh, oh, that's that's a novel idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you were telling me, it was like, Ben, I've only listened to, you know, 30 minutes of all of your Cozy Zones. And I, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, that, I, I I'm need, embarrassed. You shouldn't be embarrassed <laughs> because my, my sort of mission is that people, you know, people are always like, oh, my God, I'm so behind. Or, like, I haven't listened to it in order. And it's like, you know, you, they, are, they are there for you. They are waiting for you. The, the whole two-hour, you know, experience is waiting for you whenever you want to come to it. And if you don't want to come to it, no hard feelings. And so, you know... Some are longer. Oh, yeah. Aren't some like 240? Uh, The the longest (laughs) one is 240, I think, with John Bach. But really, it's... it's, I I think it's a nonstop thrill ride, personally. But, uh, you know, uh, working on it. So we're gonna, we're gonna, like, we're gonna make this cozy. We're gonna do it as long as it feels good. Okay. Um, I mean, because spending time with you, I could spend eight hours with oh, you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <sighs> and know. I think that's part of the, you know, this is this is an art project uh, as well as like a podcast, right? And so... Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing at that. Rami removed a hair from his red mic. No. There, it's a little hairy. It's cat hair. Oh, but I love cats. I know. I know. I love that you love cats. And I think I you... too. You, I also have two. Um, have you met them, Peanut and and, uh, and Daryl? Yeah, there used and to be Butter. three of them. Yeah, you met Butter. Butter too. was my favorite. Yeah, Butter's the most <laughs> handsome. And uh, the one you got rid of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's not. I mean, he's around. Uh, he's with. 
It's with Audacia now, which is great. Um, but I guess what I wanted to say is uh, we we had a, a lovely conversation about morning woods, uh, which I really <laughs> do you remember. <laughs> you mean on the phone yesterday? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yep. Which I really, I don't know. For some reason, I was just like, "Fuck yeah!" Like this is like this is this is the this is the guy for me. What was what was the context? It was we, just like we were gonna snuggle in bed. We were gonna <laughs> snuggle in bed. Well, you like were you gonna stay over at my place? Right. Were you gonna where were you gonna sleep? And I was like, "Oh, you know, my roommate's back, so you'd probably have to sleep in my bed." And you'd be like. Uh, and I'd be like, oh, but you might meet my morning friend. And and I'd be like, well, yeah, mine too. Like you know, that's just what happens every morning. It is just like. It's it's it is natural. It is natural. Nothing to be embarrassed about. No, but it's like so intense. And like I feel like you know, like I don't want to like walk around the apartment like with, you know, pointy shorts, you know, like a tent in your shorts. Yeah, a tent in my shorts. <laughs> a tent in your pants. Yeah. Um but anyway, uh <laughs> can you tell us about where we are right now? Oh, you know what? We are when Ben was like, let's do a cozy zone. And I'm like, hmm, I don't live in Brooklyn anymore. No, you used to. <laughs> I used to. And it was, I loved coming to visit you. Thank you. Well, so the, we are in Brooklyn. We are in Ditmas Park, which used to be a neighborhood I lived in. And we are specifically at Kathra, a lovely coffee shop on Cortelli Road. And I used to come here. I've written parts of my thesis here. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I've had a date or two oh, here oh, with, a, with a guy. Oh. Shh, I just outed myself. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> um, I Also, my friendship, I have a good friend, uh, one of my good friends who lives in Queens. Uh, we became friends because he used to tutor in this neighborhood, and we would have coffee, and he's still a good friend of mine. So, Kathra is also a place I do associate with the blossoming of my friend. I, sh- I don't want to say his That's name. That's fine. That's totally fine. I'm. Thank you for sharing all of these these meaningful reasons why Kathra is the place to be. This is a meaningful place. This is the cozy zone. And and on the wall, there's some some uh, murals and Arabic text. Yes, I'm not. Uh, I am embarrassed again. I, I guess it's easy to embarrass me, but I. Uh, as much as it's in Arabic, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> Um, understanding what it says, I could sound out the letters, but I don't know what it says. I mean, that's the same. That's the same deal with me in Hebrew. Like I could probably sound out some letters, but even you know, I need the vowels. Like I, you know, my uh, yeah, my uh, Semitic language skills are poor, yes. but that's yes. okay. But here we are. Here we are in Kathra. In Kathra, using our. Other language skills, <laughs> our body language skills. Yes, our morning woods. Our morning woods <laughs> clashing like like <laughs> sabers of light. Yes, yeah, so we're going to play swords later. Absolutely. Um, I, I've been saying... Homoerotic podcast. I mean, this is this is my goal. This is my goal. What's happening? There is just a... Uh, okay. There's there are some ants. schmutz. There's ants. ants. Well, that's, you know, in situ, site-specific podcast breed ants. Uh, I wanted to say that I've been saying the word fraught a lot. Oh. Um, not just just in various conversations that like sort of identifying. Oh, this is fraught. This is you know fraught. This is not fraught. But I love that word. By me, the way. Me, yeah, I love it too. But it also makes me think of fraudage. Oh my god! Are you familiar yeah. with that I concept? Do, I, mean, I do know fraudage. It's it's like a modern version or another version of dry humping. Oh, I guess so. Isn't well, well without clothes. Right, without clothes. So it's like it's like a mix of dry. How about non-penetrative 
yeah rubbing yeah non penetrative <laughs> rubbing unless like something somehow you can like enter someone's um penis hole but i think that's probably very entering difficult entering a penis hole i i don't know ouch. i yeah but maybe good ouch sometimes not for you not entering for me the penis hole isn't that what do they call that you know when they call oh um gauging no oh, or um ouch. it's called um oh, it's called something i know what you're talking about maplethorpe would take photos of it oh yeah um oh, i don't it's called something like it actually sounds lovely it's like some sort of jewelry term oh yeah but it's not gauging because that's what you do with your ears yeah i'm gonna say edging not edging. sounding 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 sounds right i think it's sounding, sounding. yes nice Rami. and fratage yeah we're, we gotta get it we gotta get all the like all the topics in this is good i like i, I there's something you know I, I this is my second cup of coffee thank you so much oh. for the coffee yeah. and i'm feeling do it do you I'm not f- normally have two cups i usually have one big cup oh, uh-oh no, not uh oh. Uh, okay. This is the this is the weekend. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful. We had a lovely uh, off air conversation. You know, sort of talked about a lot of feelings, a lot of past. We're catching catching up because uh, we don't get to see each other a lot because you live in L. A. I know. Um, and you have come to visit me and Nicolette in San Diego a lot, which I'm really uh, grateful of. I want to say a few things on air uh, about like. Why I love you so much. Uh-oh. Yep, uh-oh. I'm embarrassed Ding, again. ding, ding. <laughs> Why I love Rami section. Um, well, you know, you, you gave me a compliment saying I'm very generous um, uh, with love and things. Totally. But, but I have to say that you are also extremely generous with yourself, with your time, with your resources. Uh, and it is truly uh, inspiring how uh, generous you are. Like, when I think of you, I just sort of see this, like... You know, this this man in a flowing robe in the middle of like a, a sustaining stream, you know, and all of all of all of life's uh, forces are like teeming towards you and, and getting nourishment. Oh, my God. Like, it sounds like I'm storm. You're, you're storm. X-Men. But instead of weather, you control uh, like uh, people like pe- people with needs or, or things with needs come to you and are redeemed. Mm, I um, like that. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I like the flowing robe. I I, I do want to wear caftans. Yes, more. you you would be great in <laughs> caftans. I, I would like to wear more caftans. I would like to see you in more caftans. <laughs> I will. We'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah. Um, I also want to say this is something that came up in our previous conversation that I'd like to uh, just sort of put on the air. That you know, so we we spent a lot of time together uh, in the MA for Applied Theater during that era of our lives. What an era that was! It was such an era, very important, very important era. Totally. Um, but I, you know, I was going through a pretty uh, intense breakup at the time, and I and you identified in me that there was this vibe or this sort of like I don't know some sort of maybe want or desire that you were reading from me. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to talk about it, especially since it's all in the past. But I think at the time, it was, you know, you were, as as we just said, you're very generous with your love. And so at the time, you would give me some love, which I'm not typically used to receiving from heterosexual men mm. and i don't want to put that label on you um, but you know yeah. that's all right can, i'm working with that right now yeah. I'm, I'm coming to terms with what exactly yeah how yeah. can you be heterosexual and not evil like 
I guess. Yeah, no. A heterosexual doesn't mean evil. No, but it <laughs> kind of means square. <laughs> Today. Yeah. In Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're boring. You're hetero. Do you um, do you sound? <laughs> oh my god. Are you, are we gonna fraudage later? <laughs> um. This is this is the most homo conversation I ever had with a hetero. Really? Um. Well, maybe not. I can't remember. I've oh, had well, I've uh, had a lot of homo in my life. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Well, I'm honored. I'm honored. Let's keep it going. <laughs> let's keep let's it going. not. Let's not stop. <laughs> let's we're not just stop. we're just warming up okay. here. Okay. So no, um, I had a feeling there was uh, some sort of sense I had at the time that you know you were just giving me a lot of energy, and I didn't know what it was. Was it like this met bro love, you know, which happens, but which I'm not typically used to being homo. Um, and so uh, I didn't know how to receive it and I didn't know like is he trying like does he want us to take do it does he want us to like try something else is he interested in exploring you know homo tendencies like and forgive all the non-PCness of anything I'm saying I think it's probably fine I, I, I don't know the word police can F themselves. Yeah, you can curse on this. We have we're we're registered as explicit. Oh, okay. On well, truly, the word police can go fuck themselves. Yeah. I do believe it. I think people are a little too um, hardcore about people's language. You know. Oh man, nice. You know? So yeah, I'm a writer, right? And yeah. so, so are you. Yeah. And I think people need to be honest. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think people should uh, uh, veil their words in a PC political correctness when. It, you're, when you're actually truly editing what it is you're trying to say. Right. That's really interesting. Yeah, I would love to talk more about that uh, after we... After we, fun, we we're s- gonna find, speak out the homo. Yeah, we're going to speak... <laughs> like, basically, I'm trying to... Like, I've, the, the construct that I've come up with in my mind is... It, which I think is really true. Like, so you talking about that, you know, made me really think about... Like, there was like... You were sort of like my daddy. Like Rami as daddy, and like in they're the past. in the past. But I mean, you know, in the past, and but you know, but like there's this like, you know, like I want to wrap my arms around you. I want to be close to you. And in the past, like I was, I was feeling really like vulnerable and needy, and like I did, I wanted safety. I wanted protection. I wanted validation. I wanted to feel, you know, I wanted to feel loved and and seen and supported. And so I guess I think like it it makes it. I really appreciated you bringing that up because it feels like it it makes me think about where I was and like sort of holding myself accountable and being honest about like yeah like how how I was coming across um yeah no I uh, truly like it is it's interesting you know s- like sex and physical attraction and yeah. stuff like that where um pe- t- sometimes people really do read we're reading too much into things sometimes we're always looking for the hidden meaning yeah um which is why people should just be direct in yeah. their words yeah and not you know cl- uh, put like a syrupy sweetness over them yeah is you know like why would i have to question where your desire to be close to me is coming from like why did it have to be me like oh is he like interested in exploring homosexual like stuff or like why would i even have to question any of that if all you really wanted was to just you know have a friend who like loved and supported you and gave you validation like suddenly i was adding this like 
un- subliminal sexual, you know, in you, like not innuendos, but you know, overlay, overlay, <laughs> underlay, <laughs> underlay, <laughs> whatever you know, whatever you prefer, whatever you were, like, like it just it says a lot about how hypersexualized our society is. Yes, and yeah, I, does it the society? I think I know like everything. Look, how many times do the most mundane interactions like, oh, this person bought me a coffee. They must want to sleep with me. They must be interested in me. And it's like, no, I just bought you a coffee. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But I, I wonder, like, I, I know that, like, I guess what you're saying is like these narratives are, are present like in everything too like i'm always questioning like oh well how does this relate to sex like what is like and do you think that's because of society or is it our personal relationship with sexuality like i think our i i just feel like our society is so repressive in general like like sexually like i i don't think you know I think, yeah, I think in many ways it's both. Like, we are repressed, but because we're so repressed, we are hypersexual. Okay, I you see. Know, yeah, just like a, how in other countries, you know, that are, like, less developed than the U.S. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was, I said that tongue-in-cheek, everybody. Go on. Yeah, no, he did some <laughs> eyes and a little yeah, shoulder. That, that wasn't real. No. Um, sarcasm. I w- <laughs> What countries are you thinking of specifically? You know, like... <laughs> You know, just like so, so in countries like say uh, in the Middle East, okay. where homosexuality might be illegal, right, right, you know, and where homosexuals exist, but because they lived in a repressed society, they have they have to seek community in underground spaces. Yeah, literally, maybe literally underground, but yeah. underground in a covert way. Okay, and so that those spaces then become hypersexual. I see. So in my because because of the sort of uh, pervasive repression everywhere else that like there is an explosion of sexuality when there is even a little chink in the armor, as it were. Exactly. Uh So so since society might be repressed, even here in the U.S., um, that's why we might like every interaction, if it's tender, if it's sweet. Suddenly, we're like, "Oh, is is this gonna be? Is this is this gonna lead to like a sexual experience yeah. or something?" I mean, maybe I'm just speaking from my experience, growing up gay in a repressed sort of environment, yeah. like my family home yeah. and stuff like that. Maybe that's my interactions with men. I always am questioning where it's gonna go. Yeah, you know. But that's um, but that's also like I don't know. There's nothing wrong with that, and I I just feel it feels like really. It feels like a moment of discovery, like sort of you sharing that story with me about, you know, because my my interactions with men are are super different. You know, like I grew up with a a bunch of straight dudes who like, you know, maybe tiptoed around the edge of of homosexuality and like... uh, uh, homoeroticism, you know, and that that like gave us a lot of pleasure. Like, That's hot. yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. tiptoeing <laughs> around it, you know, like going in a hot tub, like you know, whipping towels at each other in the locker room. Oh my God, yeah, we're gonna have to take a break. Oh yeah, uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, all right, we're back. Right, okay, yeah. um, but you know, but I there was you know there was always the assumption that like we're straight guys. Um, and we're just sort of goofing around. We're just sort of play-acting this homoeroticism. And so, like, there was never this... Like, there was never the assumption that we're, like, 
that someone's emotions are at stake. You know what I mean? Like what you're like what I'm hearing or what I'm receiving is like if someone is giving like there it is hard to separate for me personally like sexuality and feelings and love. Like those are for me like completely connected. Okay. Um and yeah. No, I'm saying this is interesting. Yeah, and so like there is a nece- there's necessarily like emotional resonances to like you feeling like I'm like wanting something and those questions like even if like there there and there are feelings that were not addressed and like I was I like wasn't able to take responsibility for or talk about because I didn't know and I didn't know how it was coming across and I it's not like an apology but it's just like you know it's like how like I never think I wasn't thinking about like even like why I was doing what I was doing, how it would come across. Well, I mean, and that makes sense because it's like if you're used to your interactions with your male friends, are there isn't this like there isn't this like you don't usually question each other's sort of like intentions. Right. And, oh, is this person wanting to sleep with me? I think it actually no. It's interesting because now it says. It seems like it said a lot about me and how I was not used to having males in my life be sweet and mm. tender mm. and um, seeking me out for comfort. Yeah. You know, that's just not... It's females in my life, my whole life, have, yeah. been, have been doing that to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so when it was men... And literally, you were like one of the first, I would say, who was like, like that. Or our MA community has like very sweet men in our community. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was it was for me it was an, it was something I was negotiating which is why I never brought it up because like I'd be like oh Ben like do you want to sleep with me? Like like that would be weird. And I just figured you know we were creating a friendship and we should just sort of like let the friendship be its yeah. thing. I did I wouldn't have I wouldn't have taken it to a different level, but I just didn't know where you were coming from. Totally. That's all. Totally. And, like, how fucking interesting to, like, think about it. It's been... I I, I value this very much. I know. And the, the fact that we're sharing this is yeah. kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say, too... Uh, oh, gosh. I was thinking about what was it? Oh, yeah. I wanted to say this. Like, I I hear a lot. Like, I I hear a lot from you that like, sort of kindness and respect and generosity is surprising. Like, you don't expect to receive that. I'm not from men. Yeah, not from men. Uh, but you know, I think you know. Also, it could be just like I've always been very nervous around you know. Men, yeah. straight men specifically. Yeah, I would say sometimes if I'm walking into a group of straight men, like if a friend of mine gets married and he has a bachelor party, that that's always like a recipe for high anxiety mm. for me. Um, what are you thinking about? What am yeah. I thinking about uh, when that happens? Like, what are you what are you anxious about? I just don't want to. I I don't like sometimes when. Many things can happen, but sometimes when a lot of straight people are around and you're the one gay person, suddenly you get a lot of questions about what it's like to be gay. Like, oh, like when you're with a guy, how does this play out? Like, who pays? Or, you know, stupid stuff like that. Or, like, or either you're so, either everyone is hyper aware that you're the only gay person around, or everyone is going to play up their straightness 
and your gay your gayness is very silent. So it's either like your gayness is on display or your gayness is not talked about at all. But in but you don't get to just play this like middle ground of just being you. But then I've also noticed when a lot of like straight men are together, they are they're hypersexual. Oh, like yeah. not with each other, but like with like the general like environment. Like every woman that walks by there's like a cat call yeah. or there's like or people are checking each other out and then like bros yeah. will bond over the fact that they're being, you know, sexually, you know, uh, uh, demonstrative, demonstrative, yeah. you know, like there's almost like a, it's a puffing up the chest sort of yeah. thing, which makes me, which um, always makes me sort of cringe. Yeah, well, it's growth. I mean, I, I don't, it makes me cringe. I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't feel comfortable in that. Like, actually, Ben, like, do you remember once, Ben? Yeah. That you and me and my brother were hanging out. I do. At Franklin Park. Yeah. And I guess it was a baseball season, yeah, or football season, right? One of those sports, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not a sports kind of guy, no. But it was a big game, and then when like uh, someone hit a, when something great happened, these all these men were like, yeah, yeah, and they were like, uh, yeah, uh, slapping each other and stuff like that. And my statement was, God, I hate straight men. And my brother was pissed. Oh. He was like, if I said that about, if we were at like a Broadway show or at like, or at like. And all a, these queens were shrieking. It, it's exactly what he said. <laughs> no. He's like, and I said, oh, I hate gay men. How would you feel? And I was like, oh, I'd be pissed. He's like, well, then you should watch what you say. And I was like, oh, you know what? You're right. I was like, maybe I am, maybe I am sort of being hyper judgmental of. You know, men of just men and how men are when they're together, and you know, community is community. And so, if that is, if that is how straight men act together when they're watching sports, then that's how they, then that's how people are. Here's you know? the thing, though. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? Like, I, I I was having a conversation. This was actually a really interesting conversation I was having offline with Emmett uh, last night, um, and just this idea of like, you know, some people need to come out and some people don't. You know what I mean? Like if you're like it is assumed if you're you, it is assumed that you are, you know, cis and straight when you come out of your mother's right. room, right? Yeah. That is the assumption. Like mm-hmm. society, like everyone's hopes and everyone is hoping and dreaming that that is true that you are cis and straight, um, and especially like when you're a cis straight white man when you're born, you're not only like are you super normal, but you're in charge. You're born in charge. And I think for me, it is okay, like, as, like, someone who had to come out, who had to grapple with not being normal, Mm -hmm. it feels correct to have some anger about the, the ruling, you know, cohort of our society and, like, have some feelings about that. And it's not equal. And, like, reverse racism is not a thing. No, just racism. Just racism. And, like, that you can't, like, it, it is impossible for reverse racism to exist because of the structures of our society. Right. So I guess I just am trying to validate your feelings. Thank you. Uh, and validate you in that situation. Um, you know, thank you. I mean, it's always important to be critical. And I think in that situation that I just brought up at Franklin Park, you know, I definitely was being judgmental. And I was... Um, projecting my own insecurities about B 
being in a group of straight men and placing it up on the straight men as being oh uh disgusting but there are there is violence that like a group of straight you are not anxious like in a group of straight men for no reason you're, you're not you're not anxious arbitrarily you're not anxious because there's some neurosis in you alone there is like True. there is like a violent reprisal by straight men against like the non-normative people in society women queer people trans people like that is Right, but I would say, you know, totally, but I would say, like, in that situation specifically, all these men were doing were, like... Like cheering at baseball. Were cheering at baseball. So why would I interpret that as me being oppressed? Sure. You know, or just, like, why would that bother me so much? And that was me sort of just, like, recognizing that I'm not like you, and it makes... And and it makes me anxious. Yeah. You know, like, why can't I be more like you? And almost like, I don't really want to be like that. Like, right. But if it was the Tonys <laughs> and we were a bunch of, like, show queens, <laughs> we would have probably been acting the exact same way. Indeed. You know. Yeah. Uh, NPH, you know, prancing about. <laughs> and we're like, woo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Limp-wristed high five. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Joey Schultz. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming for your coziness, Joey. Yeah. Oh, Joey's cozy zone gonna be, would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I I like I like don't know the deep down secrets of Joey Schultz. Oh well, we shouldn't talk about this. I'm right just now. saying. I, that's all I'm saying. I just I'm, I'm I have there's... secrets. Yeah. No I have secrets about Joey. I could tell you. Oh, no, great. I won't. Um, there's something I want to come back to um, about this idea of of language policing and truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we can we can link it into sort of your vocation as a writer and your ooh excuse me writer 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 okay. um, and yeah and like sort of what the future lies for that uh, and sort of your writer's path but like oh. you said you said that like you know fa, you know uh, f the f the word police there's mm-hmm. a little one uh, yeah. in close proximity so I'm I'm watching my f the word police f the word police. <laughs> um, that was my Ice Cube impression. I loved it. Straight out of straight, straight out of Compton. Compton yeah, um, I haven't seen that movie. It's really good. It's good. I mean, the misogyny is missing, but it's good. Okay. <laughs> Revisionist history, as all movies are. Yeah. But you know, if you first, if, if for some reason you could maybe just get over the fact that they took out a lot of the misogyny, it's a good movie in its own right. Okay. It doesn't mean it was accurate. Sure. So. I, I mean, like, I, I really, like, a part of me, like, really wants to agree wholesale with what you're saying. That, like, yeah, like, word police are, you know, they're bad. Like, you cannot cleanse words. Like, if you're, if you're striving to express the truth, you need to perhaps employ words that wound. Mm. However, if it is done in a less than poetic fashion... I, I think it's no, it's garbage. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of garbage out there that okay. people produce. There's a lot of garbage text that has no, that, like, I don't want in my world. You know what I mean? I don't want, I don't want the people that I love to be, like, s- uh, subjected to these garbage ideas. I'm thinking specifically of, like, you know, the, the Republican candidates right now. Like, they, everything they say is, like, abject garbage. Yes. And it is hate, and it's, like, it is the... St- it's just... It's stupid and, like, you know, not elegant, and... But it's honest. Is it honest? It's not honest. It's, it like, it, honest to what end? Like, that's how they feel? 
or like it's what they actually think it reflects what the world is like how is it honest well you know i like i would much prefer that donald trump say exactly what he means so we could see him for the you know monster that he is rather than his publicist or his communications director uh dress it up in pretty language as to for us to truly not even like digest what he's really saying so so i mean in that example i would just say i think people should just be direct and honest it should be poetic it should be like structured and in a way that is like you know pleasing to hear or read words in general but at the same time people should just say what they mean and mean what they say. Yeah. So if, if Donald Trump does have like all these like negative opinions, negative thoughts of like women or whatever, or immigrants, poor, or, immigrants or poor, poor people, people yeah. you know, then he should be real about it. Yeah. And he should say that and he should not he should not watch his language and you know say say the thing. There's this little girl staring at us, she's so cute. She's so cute. Um she he doesn't I would rather, honestly, like I said, he would just, I'd rather he be honest so we could see him for the monster that he is. Yeah, okay, okay. But, uh, right. So I I see what, I see that. But how do we, like, how how do we aspire to beautiful language? Like, how do we aspire to all speak to each other artfully and beautifully? Like, Like, Donald Trump is, like, you know, vying for... A position of like power. It's like you know we we have dreams for children that someday they can become the president of the United States, and we see that a method of doing that is spouting abject hate and garbage and misogyny and classism and xenophobia. That's not cool. It's not cool. And I mean, if and if people are going to elect him with all that hateful language, it says a lot about us, and it's not Donald Trump's fault, right? And that's why I'm just saying all he needs to do is just be direct and honest and, you know, we give him enough rope to hang himself with. Yeah. If we don't censor him, he will say enough crap that we're, that people will be like, no, you're crazy. Yeah. You know? I guess you're right. I mean, it, it's, it, it, you, you're calling for, yeah, you're calling for, like, people saying their real words and calling for the rest of us to listen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel that. Yeah, I mean, we're so easily duped, I think. That's a critical thing to say. But, like, we're so easily duped by, you know, the media and the way they the way they string words together that we're, like, not really listening to what is being said. We're only listening to the beauty. Yeah. But that beauty's hiding some meaning. Yeah. So we should just, like, get to the meaning first mm. and see how you can construct beauty around that, mm. if that makes sense. It does. So heady. I like it, <laughs> Rami. What is what is your dream writing project? Oh, my dream writing. You know, I'm um, I'm working on a memoir. Beautiful. Um, I was lucky. I was very fortunate a few months ago to attend a writer's workshop called Vona Voices of Our Nation's Arts. Um, it's a writer's workshop for people of color exclusively. Um, and it's been since 1999. So serving people, writers of color since 1999. And uh, I was lucky to apply and get in and be accepted. And I took a memoir workshop with Stacy Ann Chin. She's a um, pretty well-known queer Jamaican, Chinese, les- uh, poet, 
well known in the from the deaf poetry jam era that was on HBO and she wrote a memoir that got her on Oprah so I got into her workshop I had to just like drop all the good names <laughs> I had to, I, I, I she, she I took her workshop and she read my writing um, a short story I had written and a short personal story memoir and she was like oh like you need to write more like this needs to be a full a full memoir because this was a 10 page story in a book and she's like you know you need to like have like a 200 page 200 you know page plus story like book like there's so many questions so many holes your identity is like we don't read a lot about people who like are navigating all all of your identities which is like gay muslim arab american you know artist southern california boy southern california you know boy who like used to like exclusively you know being in southern california you know you have this like fetish for surfers at one point and then you become conscientized and you're like why am i White white men are not the only attractive men out there, even though it's the only attractive images we see out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's 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 a lot of conscientization that happens that has happened in my life and with other people like who have similar experiences. So she just Stacy Ann really want really encouraged me to write a full memoir. So I'm working on one. I'm also at the same time working on a solo show, so I'm writing. While I'm writing a memoir prose, I'm also writing something theatrical, and they're not the same. They're not the same styles, so it's actually really hard. Mm. I find it like sometimes my the theatrical stuff is way too prose. It's like a lot of telling and not showing, and that's not good. And um, sometimes the prose is like too theatrical, and it's like you know you need to spend more time describing what's going on. And so um, that sounds like a really beautiful struggle, though. Yeah, I don't know if I would recommend doing two different things at the same time. I I would love to just, like, exclusively write this memoir. It could take years. I mean, not everyone gets an advance. Stacey Ann got, like, a major advance from Simon & Schuster to write her memoir. So I don't don't have that. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Let's get Simon & Schuster to give me some some money. Yeah. Hear that, Simon & Schuster? Yeah, you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah. Get, Get Rami that advance. Yeah, I mean, come on. And the little girl's coming closer. Hello. Um, so that's one thing. Um, I also am a. I scored. I haven't told this. I haven't. It hasn't even debuted. But I have a column. Oh, it, congratulations! De- thank you. It's going to debut in October. It's oh, great. A, it's not on my blog. There's a blog called Love Inshallah. Yes. Dot com. And uh, that's a blog that has, up till now, mainly featured female mo- Muslim writers and talking about love. But uh, the editors want to diversify a little, and so they're bringing on a few more males, and I'm going to have this queer male column. It hasn't debuted yet, and, but the title of the column is going to be ni- uh, 99 Names and Queer is One. And um, 99 names is a reference to, in the Islamic faith, God has 99 names. So, like, my, my column's going to be uh, re- reflective of my Islamic identity and at the same time of also being a single gay man who's, like, looking, looking for love but at the same time not really looking for it 
trying to explore what love really even is, what it looks like, you know, because it's not necessarily something to be, it's not necessarily an external thing that, like, needs to be found. Yeah. You know? So, you asked me about my writing. Like, yeah. So, I'm going to have a monthly column of debuting in October. So that would be cool. So I'm going to start to like have a portfolio. So within a year, I'll have like 12 articles that are online too that I can send to Simon and Schuster yes. to give me an advance yes. on my memoir. Yes. And, um, or any publisher, not just Simon and Schuster, any of them. And that. So, like, you know, yeah, writing has definitely become much more of a focus in my life, especially since grad school. Uh, theater is still important to me. I don't know. I, it, it's not clear how it's fitting in right now, which I'm sure you can relate, right? Uh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Theater, I mean, everything is theater, I think. Everything is performance. I just sort of feel like performance, I think about performance all the time. And everything, I mean, this is a performance. Yeah. You, you know, being is a performance, trying to, like, appear as if you're not, you know, boiling with anxiety is a performance. Right. Um yeah yeah I mean theater is still uh theater is what theater has always been like the base like theater is such an important part of life, a part of my life, a part of like the a part of my relationships you know when I think about my best relationships, Ben and all my other friends, you know, especially here in New York over the last week who I've been connecting with, one hundred percent has been theater relationships built through theatrical context Mm. you know like i haven't seen any of like all the other relationships i made in new york that were not based in the theater i haven't seen this week wow you know like they just didn't get my time why do you think that is what is it about relationships built out of the theater that makes them oh my god there's a whole thesis about that like what is it about relation what is it about the arts that you know fosters relationships yeah um, you know, I, we can both speak about it. It's not just me, but like arts, the arts is a very unique and powerful medium to get people to build familiarity with each other and to, um, you know, foster a sense of compassion for each other, a, fe- a, a sense of understanding about each other and like the intricate qualities that separate us and, and unite us. Without the arts, say like we're just coworkers at a corporation or whatever, um, our interactions uh, don't get to that super um, personal place. Yeah, vulnerable. Vulnerable. Thank yeah. you. That's actually what I meant. Uh, that the vulnerability that the arts allows us to be in with each other is what builds those relationships. So, like when I'm in LA. And I'm feeling, like, lonely. And, like, I miss my friends. I miss my New Yorkers. I'm mainly thinking about all my, you know, grad school friends. And I did make other friends here. And I think about them, too. But the ones that I want to call and talk to and just FaceTime with are all you all, uh, my grad school friends. And because we went through a lot. I mean, our classes were intense. Yeah. There were frustrations, there yeah. were tears, yeah. there were jo- there was joy, there yeah. was laughter, and there was like you when you have when you run that go through that many emotions with people, you're like that's like your family. Who else do you go through that many emotions with other than your family or your like partners? And now it's like when you're an artist, 
those relationships are just are as important or as meaningful sometimes more you know yes you know like like yeah did i answer that question you did it, so as you know rami maybe you don't know that i am uh, I, i'm an emissary from the cozy zone foundation oh. um which yes. is a, a foundation with uh it's very a lot of funds that that uh, helps create unlimited funded art projects, collaborative art projects. Um, and I am here to work with you to devise our own collaborative art project that will receive unlimited funds. Wow. And so what I'm, I'm thinking a lot about, like, there was a, an image uh, sort of speaking about our, our Rami-Daddy conversation <laughs> that where we were, we were sitting together in our underwear, like, doing some schoolwork together yep. one morning. Our first year of grad school. Yeah, and, like, uh, well, your first year of grad school. Oh, sorry, yeah. my first year of grad school. And my middle year, or, or, yeah, my middle year of grad school. And, you know, I'm thinking a lot about what you're saying about, like, relationships being... Uh, strengthened because of the arts like arts helps foster deep relationships and i'm i'm really interested in like dates and what that means and like setting setting aside uh, like partitioning time to spend with another person for the express purpose of getting to getting closer to them getting intimate with them in in whatever way that looks right and so i'm wondering if we like I'm going to propose sort of an idea of the the project where we would do together. Sure. Um, and it would be like a, a set of artist dates, as it were. So like it maybe it's like a matchmaking service, maybe it's like OK Cupid, but it's like and so that there you can match yourself with someone else to go on an artist date. Oh, okay. So there's like a list of criteria, like questions you have to answer. Yeah. Yeah. All these little de- these little statistics that were like, oh, your ideal artist date is yeah. this person. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, yeah, maybe, and you can do anything, and maybe it's romantic, maybe it's not. Like, that's probably a question you can answer. Um, oh, that's right. Would you like your artist date to have an element of romance? Yeah. Yes or no? Yes or no? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Like, would you like Frottage to be part yes. of your artist? Yes. <laughs> sounding. Yes. yes. Sounding yes. and Frottage, please. Yes, please. Um, what do you think? Like, do you have, is there, there are adjustments? Are there, you know, um, are there, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm still taking it in. I, uh, would, I think the hardest part would be coming up with the questionnaire. Totally. You know, yeah. What, what that first, uh, uh, application would look like. Absolutely. Like what are the questions you would ask? Yeah. You know, like, or, you know, it would be interesting to rank, to like give five scenarios of an mm. artist date and have people rank them yes. from one to five, not just choose one, rank them. No, totally. You know that would be, uh, and we would you know hire some like really quality survey creators. Oh, you know, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, the the power of it lies in the survey and then negotiating like how it's structured and. You know, we'd have to do a lot of tests and, you know, right. see how it goes. And we'd come up with an algorithm and that would be complicated. Yeah, the algorithm part would probably would be complicated. It, wouldn't, it shouldn't just be random. No, of course not. No, no, no. It has to be very intentional <laughs> yeah. and thoughtful. But I don't know. Like, there's something like I would want to do that with you. I would want to. I mean, that's sort of what Cozy Zone is. It's, uh, you know, it, not exactly because it's more of a, sort of a, a space to dream, you know, about art. And it's not necessarily about the making of art. Right. But uh, 
Yeah. But this is art. I mean, you know, this yeah. is a podcast. And it's, totally. I think it's in the realm of media. Yeah. Arts. Media arts. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And, and like I work for a media company, a oh. media organization. So, you know, I'm all about recording. Nice. And like, and like the just how arts doesn't just need to be, you know, theatrical. Yeah. You know, so this isn't necessarily theatrical. A little. A little. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like the original radio was like predated. Didn't predate theater. No, but <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> but it was like the first media. It was newspaper right. and, and radio. Yeah, you know. What do you think this this dating service would be called? We need to think of them. Um, you know, names, titles are so hard. No, no. How about how about um, one, two, three, action? Mm. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. You like one, two, three, action. One, two, three, action. Mm. I don't know if that, yeah, you know, or, you know, or, or three, two, one, action. Three, two, one, action. One, two, three, action. Three, two, one, action. Three, two, one, action. Well, you don't, there's no one. Usually there's actually no one. Three, two, action? Well, it's like the one is just like, oh, we're like, oh, we're going in five. One, four, two, three. three oh, two, yeah. And then you don't do the right. one. Right. So, so one, two, three, action. Because it, it makes me think about like, it could be, you could also go on a solo date, an art, a solo artist date, a double date, a triple date, a threesome, art, artist threesome. Artist orgy. Artist orgy. I like one, two, three action. Um, I like it too. I mean, I think I would like. I would want to come up with others to throw in the. Okay. Ring. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, um, let me see. Um, How about something like you know? Because thinking's not so interesting. How about? Um, what do you mean? Thinking's not so interesting. Like thinking out loud, like you know. That's all. You haven't gotten to the end of Cozy Zones. It's, it, there's usually like a good 15 of thinking out loud. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. No wonder. I get, I, again, I only get into about 30 minutes. Yeah, no, but this is, <laughs> I, I love the thinking out loud. And maybe some people don't like it, but that's the, that's the struggle, man. That's the creative struggle I guess that's made where manifest. Where the editing comes in. Maybe, yeah. maybe. But like, I, I don't want to hide. You know what I mean? I don't want to hide, uh, hide behind editing. Right. Is all well? Um, yeah, no, I just, yeah, everything's great. Everything is good. So another... One, two, three, action. I love the idea of action. Like, because getting action, like art action. Um, I just like it, but... Uh, art, you know, like, I guess action is... Because art doesn't need to be necessarily active, right? No. So so that, like, limits... Maybe that, like, is, like, pigeonholing art as being an active thing which i guess but, a lot but of times it, it you is. have to do something i mean you're doing something you have to make a choice you have to you it is always active that's true always like you're not passive like you never like passive things are not art because it's always you're always choosing one thing over another like it's always about choice right and like i'm putting paint on this canvas here as opposed to letting it sit in the tube at the store Okay, so like maybe one, two, three, action. I think it's I think it's good, Rami. One, two, three, action. I think it's good. The dating, it's a dating, it's a dating service. I like it. Oh, it's a art, art dating service. Right, but yeah, it's a you know if something happens. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't mind. There, one, two, three, action. Yeah, if people are if people are cool, consenting adults, you know, totally, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. 
I like it. We got it. We came up with it. Yeah. Uh, any questions for me, Rami? Questions for you. you know, about this or just about anything? About anything. Ask oh, me anything. You know, about anything. I, um... This is what number cozy zone would you say? Um, it would be I think twenty-eight. Oh, think, okay, I like that. Yeah, twenty-eight. Yeah, you've cozy zoned with twenty-seven other people. Well, I, I've done a, lo- a few. I've counted a few figment episodes oh, okay. as those, but yes. Okay, well, I've cozy zoned with them, and those are only a half hour, Rami. If you wanna, I hope you've used protection. I have. I have. We should have tested. We I know. Got tested I know. Amen. Uh, from God's ears? Yeah, from God's ears. I have a question for you. Yeah. This is not exactly a great question, but um, why did you bring up fraudage earlier? I, fra- <laughs> I don't, because it's, I'm, it's, it's humorous to think about rubbing two dicks together. Oh. It brings me like. That's true. It's like, I lo- it's very, f- I just love the image. Yes, that's true. I mean, I've, I've experienced fraudage. Oh, yeah? How is I have not. <laughs> um, it's a considered safe, like it's a safe alternative oh. to penetration. Okay. And you know. is, it, is it good? Um, it's better than nothing. Sure. You know. Sure. I, I imagine <laughs> like if you, I mean, if you like lube, uh, use lube and like, it would yeah. probably be pretty nice. Mm, that, that can get sticky. Well, and messy. Sure, but like, that's you're, you're, that's so that's what sex is. That's true, but Generally. sometimes that like what's also nice about fraudage is that it's relatively dry. I see. And like, it, it seems really like oh, like this is we're doing it, but we're not doing it. Like we're actually truly like like we're ki- like we're in high school and we're still virgins. Right, right. Fraudage to me is like a really a way of saying I'm still a virgin. Interesting. You know. That's yeah. how. That's how I. Fraudage lesson. I bet you that's what a lot of religious um, preacher preachers' kids get away with is fraudage. Wow. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe someday. Uh, try it someday. Yeah. Oh yeah. You should. Yeah. I don't think it needs to be two dicks or two men. It doesn't have to be like two males. I think that's what the term refers to. Really. That's what I think. Oh. Because like. Uh, yeah. The other thing is just like a mate. Like that. Just. That's like, just like dry humping. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Dry humping. That's such a old school term. I guess so. Bringing it back from the past. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm still coming up with questions for you, but can I, can I add a little musical theater into what we were talking about? Of course. Well, when you brought up frat, you said the so frattage came up in the sense that you use the word frat yeah. a lot. Yeah. And whenever I hear the word frat, I go to a specific musical theater lyric. Please. And it's um. From the genius of Stephen Sondheim. Yes. And it's from a, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum in which, like, the, the man, a man and father, they sing this song about they love the same woman. Mm. A man and father. Sorry. A man, a father and son. Yeah. Are singing about that they love the same woman. And then they have this line that goes, the situation's fraught, fraughter than I thought. Mm. And it always makes me laugh that line because I think it's a very like kind of like witty rhyme. It is, you know, like how do you rhyme with the word frat? And not only that, you go, you also said frater. Frater, and yeah. this is frater. No, yeah, one. like the situation frat, frater than, than I, I thought. thought. And it's just like in one line, that's like the genius of Stephen Sondheim. That is genius. That that has that line has a lot of resonance to my life. 
There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And what we just, what I just shared is what my radio show would be like. Oh, <laughs> with like sort of like, like poetic yeah, interjections, yeah. like everything everything you say is a lyric. You yeah. s- You only speak in lyrics. Musical theater, I think, has informed a lot of my like just societal knowledge. Yes. You know, there's something about musical theater. Uh, Ben. Yeah. Question for you. Yeah. Have you ever decide? Have you ever thought of turning the tables on the cozy zone? I guess. I guess by me asking you a question, you're turning the tables. But like, have you ever considered yourself to be the subject and someone else? Sort of take the lead. Well, I'm thinking about it. So there's actually, I'm planning a trip to Storm King uh, Art Center. It's in Mountainville, New York. It's upstate. Okay. And it is like one of my favorite places. Like that, when when people ask me, Ben, what's your cozy zone? I'm like, well, Storm King. It's like a place that I just feel awesome in. Like it's gorgeous. It's filled with art. Like you can like climb on the art. You can get lost. You can bring a picnic. You can buy a coffee. Um, You can have... Uh, great conversations. You can be silent. It's it's one of my favorite places okay. in the world. Great. And I'd love to visit. Yeah, yeah. I, you should. I would love to visit with you. Okay. And I'm going with uh, some friends of mine. And I'm like, well, if I'm going there, I gotta like, I gotta have them. This is my cozy, is my cozy zone. zone. So I gotta do something. But I'm not exactly sure how to structure it. Maybe give them questions. But yes, I have thought about it, and I'm thinking about it actively. Okay. And, I, and I, we'll see, you know, that, that'll come out soon. So I'm going to do something. Yeah, it would be nice to, like, turn the tables. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's always fun to see, like, talk show hosts be guests. Oh, totally. And, you know, God willing, I'll be a guest on someone else's podcast someday yeah. and get into more of the podcast community. Uh, do you have, can I ask what your... Um what your pie in the sky is with this podcast. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Like, what is the best case scenario? Well, yeah. that, uh, gosh, I mean, that I, I get to do it for the rest of my life, maybe? That, like, wow. it's, it becomes, like, just a regular part of my life. Um, and that there's a, a pretty healthy, benevolent following. And I, it lets me travel all over the world to, like, global cozy zones. I think that would be it. Like, it would somehow, it would inspire global travel and, like, for, like, in search of global coziness. Would it always be audio or will there be, like, a viral videoness to it? I, you know, I don't know. It, there, I don't, the audio is fun because there's, like, it's, it's a tease, sort of. Like, people can't, like, people have to use their imagination like they can almost be here with us right but they can't be because they can't see it but they can listen to it and it's like reading you yeah. know you get to sort of fill in the blanks okay so it's i think it's i i get a rise out of the the tease of it i like that yeah i like that rami we're uh we've we've gone we've gone an hour oh my god no wonder they're two hours yeah because that felt short right yeah there's you know it, there's a lot to get into yeah, but, you know, but I do think, I mean, look, I really think, you know, we as a society don't have long um, attention spans. No, well, yeah. And that, and it's shortening, right? Sure. You know, like, it's it's actually actively getting shorter. So do we give in to that or do we... Totally. Do we do, no, we do some question. sounding? It's a good... <laughs> it's a good question. Let's you know we should let's 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 get off air and go sound and go sing. 
<laughs> and let's come up with the answer together. <laughs> I got the needles or whatever, the rod. The rod. The tension great. rod. Great. I, I can't wait. Um, speaking of, yeah, so we should maybe end with some Soundheim. Soundheim. Because we do end uh, the Cozy Zone with a little singing. Do we? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, you really haven't gotten there. Get to the and end. then and the, the outro the song is so good too. So you should just skip I ahead. I love the intro. Oh, the, the outro is even better. Comes it on, comes on. Danny Townsend, oh, a genius, very talented. Yeah, very talented. So uh, let's see here. The uh, Stephen Sondheim of it, our generation. Absolutely. Um, I mean, my favorite song is is Joanna. From Sweeney Todd. Yeah, that's my oh, favorite song. I think I knew that. Yeah. You told me. I this tell before. you. I probably tell you that every time we hang out. <laughs> yeah. Should we sing it? Yeah. I feel you, Joanna. I feel you. Do they think these walls can hide you? Even now I'm at your window. Uh, suddenly, I'm, I'm there beside you, Joe. Buried, oh, buried sweetly in your yellow hair. Yeah, it's a beautiful nice. song. I love that song. Yes. Rami, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm, thank you for allowing me to be number 28 in y- this cozy zone. You're so welcome. You know, to 28's now my new favorite number. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Because Thank that's you. your age. No. <laughs> a little older, but yeah. But you seem 28. Thank you. Yeah. 28 is was an interesting year. Yeah. Yeah, me too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a good year. Well, I love you so much, Rami. I love you too. I'm Thanks for including me. You're very welcome. I'm very grateful yeah. that we have this. I hope you come to LA and do more cozies. I will. With oh, some yeah. of your LA friends. Oh, me too. I've already done it. So yeah. you don't need to come for me. Well, yeah. We'll see. Don't don't send for, don't come for me unless I sent for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, duly noted. All right. Thank you, Rami. Thank you, Ben. Intimately finding our peaceful cozy zone, and Ben he interviews friends. It's awkward, and then it's cozy zone. Occasionally, it's a lovely thing to be nosy in somebody's cozy zone. So please. Snuggle up sweet, a beautiful thing, it's cozy zone.